Welcome to the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. On this podcast, you will feel empowered to release the feelings of shame, trauma, isolation, and sense of loss that can often come from a difficult marriage, painful breakup, and divorce. You will be given the insights and inspiration you need to love yourself fiercely, be sure of your worthiness, and to handle the challenges of post-divorce life with strength and humor. Hello, everyone. This is Tiffany Kane, your host of the Love and Life After Divorce podcast, and I welcome you to another week of Tiffany's Titillating Talks. These Tiffany's Titillating Talks are the weeks when I come to you with things I've been thinking about, some of my musings, all kinds of good things like that. So this week's Tiffany's Titillating Talks closes up our series for October's National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. With October's National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, every episode that I've done regarding toxic relationships, intimate partner abuse, and domestic violence, I have been doing a fundraising effort with those. So I am very excited excited to say that we've raised some amazing funds for domestic violence awareness. And I will be donating them to a local shelter here in Orange County called Laura's House. And that is the shelter that helped me when I needed to get out. I didn't need to stay in their shelter, but I did partake in their counseling services. And they had some wonderful group counseling classes. They had childcare for my children. I went through a 12-week program that really helped me understand what domestic violence is, what my part in it was, how I heal from it, how I move on. And it was really incredibly powerful for me. And I want to help other women have access to that as well. So I will be donating money to that. So thank you listeners for supporting that cause and for donating to that. So as a wrap up for Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I wanted my last episode for the month to be dedicated to two things. One of them is looking at the quieter forms of domestic violence and abuse, and what some of the more red flag, more quiet signs are that this might be happening to you. And then I really wanted to discuss how do we raise our boys to do better, right? I am a mother of two boys how do I raise them to be better? And I'm, I'm guessing those of you, dear listeners in the audience that have left a relationship where you had some abuse, that you are wondering, how do I do better for my children? And so I want to talk about that today of how do we do better? How do we raise our children to be better and to not participate in this, not treat women this way? So that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing I wanted to talk about are recognizing the signs of relationship abuse. This comes from the National Domestic Violence Hotline website. It is called www.thehotline.org. 
I highly recommend going to their website and looking through. It's a very easy to read and navigate website. So they say that domestic violence doesn't always look the same. But one of the main cornerstones of domestic violence is the abusive partner tries to establish or gain power and control through many different methods at many different moments. And we're going to look at what these common signs of abusive behavior and controlling behavior look like. How does an abusive partner gain control of you? And here's the thing, listeners. Many of us go into these relationships thinking, you know, we, we are um, intelligent, attractive women. Like, how do we get in these relationships? Well, one, one of the reasons, one of the ways that these things happen to us is this power and control starts out very small. And so I'm going to read to you some of these signs. And I want you to hold up a finger every time one of these signs sounds familiar to you. And you may end up needing to take off your shoes and hold up some toes too. I'm just warning you. According to the National Domestic Violence Hotline, even one or two of these behaviors in a relationship is absolutely a red flag that abuse may be present. So if you find yourself holding up more than two fingers, you, it's a good idea to really think about your relationship and what's happening. And perhaps you guys need some counseling or perhaps it is time to leave the relationship. One of the examples would be your abusive partner is telling you that you never do anything right. You just don't get it right. You don't go grocery shopping right. You don't go to the correct gas station. You spend too much money on organic blueberries. How can you buy that new shirt? We we can't afford it. What you you're not cutting the kids' nails correctly. That haircut you got the children looks terrible. What dinner is cold? How can dinner be cold? You didn't get dinner ready on time. You name it. They're letting you know that you are not doing things right. And you feel like you're walking on eggshells around them. And you literally find yourself saying, I can't do anything right. It doesn't matter what I do. I can't do anything right. Another example is showing extreme jealousy of your friends or any time spent away. So this may be, hey, uh, I'd like to go Friday night, hang out with the girls. We're going to be hanging out at my friend's house. It's book club time, whatever. And they have extreme jealousy and they let you know that they don't like it when you are out and about with other people. I had one friend take a picture of us. We were at a festival and it was the two of us. And she took a picture of the two of us and sent it to her boyfriend. And he immediately zoomed in on the picture there was a man at a table behind us with his partner and he wanted to know who that man was and why that man was looking at us. We had no idea. We had no idea who that man was. <laughs> we didn't talk to him. We didn't look at him. We were taking a picture of us. <laughs> but that is an example of jealousy, of, of taking something and blowing it out of proportion. 
this jealousy can turn into discouraging you and preventing you from spending time with your friends, with your family members, with your peers. I know this is what happened to me is I really got cut off from everybody. Um, I was told in so many ways why I shouldn't hang out with my family, why I shouldn't spend time with my family, why they were bad for me, why my friends were bad for me. So that is a very controlling behavior and isolating behavior. Anytime the partner insults you, demeans you, shames you, whether it's just the two of you or it's in front of other people, that is going to be very big sign that they don't respect you and they're trying to tear you down. Somebody who loves you and respects you would never shame you in front of somebody else, would never insult you or demean you, even playfully, right? Uh, how many times has somebody said something, your partner says something negative against you and then thought, and then said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just joking. Mm, then why did you say it? That didn't need to be said. All right, another example of a red flag behavior is preventing you from making your own decisions. Maybe it's about where you work or if you're going to go to school or what kind of car you're going to buy. Anytime you want to make your own decision, your partner is controlling that decision. That is controlling behavior, which is abusive. Controlling the finances in the household without discussing with you or giving you a, an allowance that makes no sense, that there is no way you could possibly take care of all the things you need to take care of with this allowance. Maybe they take your money away from you or they refuse to give you money for your necessary expenses. There's one woman I know that has four children and her husband, plenty of money, plenty of money. You want to talk fancy cars? He had five or six very fancy cars. They lived in a big, giant, beautiful house. And he would give her the smallest amount of money for her and her four children to get food, clothing, all the necessities. It was never enough. She literally lived like a person in extreme poverty because he wouldn't give her money. And yet she was responsible for taking care of the household and getting the groceries and the clothing and everything. So she was constantly bargain hunting and the children were always in secondhand, thirdhand clothing. It was kind of, it was absolutely insane. There's a very controlling behavior. Very abusive, giant red flag is pressuring you to have sex or perform sexual acts that you are not comfortable with. Anytime your partner pushes your boundaries in a way that is not respectful to your needs or wishes, especially in this area, is very damaging. And is you, this is such a giant red flag if they cannot respect your wishes in this area. Now, out of the bedroom, can you guys have conversations about things that either of you would like to try or not try, things you're comfortable with, things you're not comfortable with? Yes, have adult conversations. And, you know, it's, it's quite okay to let your partner know, hey, I'd like to try something new. 
but you're always going to respect your partner's boundaries in this area. Another form of abuse is pressuring you to use drugs or alcohol. I know this was a big thing in my relationship, and one of the ways I took back my control was I 100% stopped drinking. And I know another friend who did this as well. And the relationship very quickly ended after that because that was a form of control that the partner had. My husband had that control over me and um, my friend, her husband had that control over her and she didn't want it anymore and I didn't either. And so cold turkey, stop drinking. I will not have another sip. Now that I'm out of that relationship, I certainly enjoy a nice glass of whiskey (laughs) or margarita here and there, but I'm in control of it. Very big red flag is if your partner is intimidating you through threatening looks or actions, words, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to hurt you. Maybe they, whether it's threatening you or it's the actual action, a lot of times it's a threat. It's holding up a fist. It's pretending to hit. It's pretending to punch. It's letting you know, I'm going to I'm going to hurt you in some way, maybe getting a weapon out and just letting you see the weapon. Very big, giant red flags. Another sign is insulting your parenting or threatening to harm or take away your children or your pets. This happened to me a lot. I was constantly insulted on my parenting, constantly told all of the ways I was a terrible mother. So This is a very near and dear one to my heart, and it's a really hard one to get out of. I think as moms, we tend to have a lot of mom guilt anyway, so this is definitely one of those um, buttons that are, are pushed, and somebody who wants to hurt you emotionally can really push this button very well. Destroying your belongings or your home, punching the walls, taking your things and ripping them, throwing them away, destroying them, throwing out the window, any of those kinds of things are also abusive actions. So if you are experiencing any of these currently in your relationship, then it's very important that you get help, that you seek counseling, that you get help and work work together. Sometimes if these are not extreme, then counseling can help. Anger management can help. But sometimes it's it's time to get out. And when these kinds of things are happening in your relationship, then you may need to say, I need to get out and I need to make an exit exit plan. And that's where counseling can be helpful. That's where meeting with a divorce coach can be helpful. Consulting with a lawyer can be helpful to know your rights. So those are the signs. Now, how do we as moms, most of my listeners are women, many of us are moms, how do we raise better boys so that they don't do this to women. Because we know, we know that when children have been in this type of environment, this is what's been modeled for them. And children do 
what has been modeled. And so it is really up to us as we change this environment for our children to really actively make sure that we are helping educate our children to not continue this cycle of violence. The cycle has to break with us. How do we do that? Oh, that is so powerful. I will be bringing experts on in the future that can talk to this from a much more mental health expert level, child behavioral level. So right now I'm simply going to speak from my personal experience and from what has worked well for me. What's worked well for me is having very candid conversations with my children about things that they may be doing unconsciously that are moving towards these controlling type of behaviors. For instance, when they talk disrespectfully to me, children do that. They are always pushing boundaries. I explain to them how the language they are using is hurtful and disrespectful and that I understand that they are mad and there are ways to show their anger that still don't harm the people around them. And so we have very, very candid discussions about our emotions, how important our emotions are, how important it is to work through our emotions, but also how important it is to work through those emotions without hurting other people. These conversations are very helpful. We also work a lot on modeling respectful behavior, simple things such as being a gentleman, opening the door for your mom, offering to carry the bags for your mom. We talk about why these actions are important and how it makes me feel when they do these kinds of things, that it makes me feel loved and cared for and protected and that they are being it kind and loving and that these are actions that I appreciate. And so that positive reinforcement of positive behaviors really is helpful. Letting them know that we are a system as a family unit and that no one of us in the system is more important than the other, that we all have our place and that our actions can harm others. And we have those conversations even around the disrespect of leaving a mess and how that makes me feel disrespected because it makes me feel like they expect me to clean up after them. And so we have conversations about a sign of respect is taking care of their own messes. So there are very loving, very simple ways that you can talk to your children, especially our boys, that help them to see how powerful kindness is, how powerful handling your emotions are. We don't want our boys to fall into the trap of toxic masculinity, of thinking boys can't cry and boys don't have emotions. We want them to be comfortable with their emotions. There have been several times that my oldest has been very overcome by emotions and locked himself in his room. And I've gone in there and just laid down next to him and rubbed his head and let him know I was there for him. And he would cry and say, but mom, my feelings are so big and I don't even know how to talk about them. 
I would say that's okay. You don't have to talk about them, feel them, and know that I am here when you're ready to talk. And it would really help him move through those emotions much quicker and he could talk to me then about what he was feeling. So it's important to give them the space for their emotions that they don't feel like they are wrong for having them. I think a lot of times this, and I'm using air quotes for those of you that can't see, what is commonly called toxic masculinity comes from men feeling, being raised as boys of of feeling like there's no space for their feelings. They can't have their feelings. And that creates such an unhealthy environment for our boys. I also highlight times when they use terms that are derogatory and are hurtful, whether they're terms, racial terms or gender normative type of terms that are also hurtful terms. One example is, oh, you run like a girl. So when my boys say things like that, I, I stop them. Okay, let's, let's really unpack what you just said. Your mom is a girl. Your mom has run multiple marathons and dozens of half marathons. I am a girl and I run and I am powerful and I am strong and I do things that keep my body strong and healthy. When you say run like a girl, you're using that in a derogatory term as if being a girl is bad and as if running like a girl is a bad thing. And when you tell a boy he runs like a girl, that's like a terrible insult to him. But why? Do you know how many, and I'll pull up pictures of amazing women doing amazing things, whether it's fantastic soccer players or marathon runners or just different athletes at the top of their game and say, she runs like a girl because she is a girl. And that's amazing. Just so that they can see that these derogatory terms they're using are hurtful and don't really have a place. Plus the fact You shouldn't be putting other kids down. (laughs) Using terms like that are anytime you want to say something to hurt another child, you really need to think about what you're doing because we shouldn't be hurting each other. So in summary, when we are trying to raise better children, I think the important thing is being aware and having those conversations celebrating the positive behaviors that we see that are respectful and letting them know when they have behaviors that are not respectful, why? Not just saying you can't do that, pointing our fingers at them, you can't do that, but actually telling them the why and having a very healthy conversation where we listen to them as well and ask them what they think that term means and what they think it means when when they're doing that action or that that thing, and then helping them to understand how their words and their actions harm others. I hope this has been helpful. This is wrapping up Domestic Violence Awareness Month. If you know somebody who can use this episode to help them escape a hurtful situation, please share this episode with them. My big goal, my whole goal for this this podcast is creating connection and community 
for women so that they know they are not alone. And so they don't feel like they have to go through these challenges on their own. And when we feel connected, we're able to release shame. We realize that our experiences are not shameful in any way, that they are just experiences that we learn from. So please share this episode. Please find me on Instagram and DM me. I'm just Tiffany Kane on Instagram. DM me and let me know what you think. Are you experiencing any of these red flag signs? How are you raising your children so that they grow up to be good, strong, loving, wonderful men? And what else would you like to have me talk about on the podcast? I'd love to hear your ideas. Thank you, everyone. I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. If anything resonated with you in the podcast, I would love to hear about it. Please DM me on my Instagram at Tiffany Kane. Also, if this podcast makes you think of a friend that could benefit from hearing this message of support and empowerment, please share it with her. And remember, this podcast is sponsored by the Love and Life After Divorce membership group, We would be so thrilled to have you join. Have a beautiful day. And remember, of course, it's all about you. Hashtag self-love.